Praise the Lord and welcome uh, to another session of IHAP Podcast number 25 with me, your host, Reverend Mario A. Najera. To all those that are listening in for the first time and for all those that are returning back, thank you for joining in. I am honored to have with me today founder of Redeemer Apostolic Church in Mesa, Arizona, Bishop Santos Navarrete. We are here to te today to testify of the goodness and mercies of God, and no matter where you find yourself in your life's journey, that Jesus loves you, Jesus still saves, and that he's still doing works within his people. So listen in as we hear what God has done in the life of my guest today. Bishop Santos, praise the Lord, and welcome to I Have Podcast, and thank you so much for accepting this invitation, sir. Absolutely, brothers. Uh, greetings, and thank you for uh, considering me to uh, prayerfully to be a blessing to you and to all your listeners. It's an honor. Amen. Well, my prayer, Bishop, today is for our conversation and, and that the words that we speak, Bishop, that it will inject faith in the hearts and the minds of those that are listening today. And I'm glad you said that, you know, prayfully you considered my invitation, and we're going to do this in Jesus' name. Thank you, Bishop. Amen. So, um, Bishop, I've had the the privilege of growing up in um, the District of Arizona, there in Blythe, California, in Sector 3. So I got to be familiar with your ministry, um, you know, seeing you at district events, either uh, at district services or youth camps, being able to hear you preach or minister or teach. And now I get to see that across social media, you know, seeing you either preach for your services uh, or preach for your midweek services or your teachings. And it really just touched me, Bishop, in how you minister with just passion and conviction. And we're going to talk more about ministering. But before we get into that, Bishop Santos, and I know your your testimony or your Christian walk is is a is a big tapestry, you know, of all the years of your service. And we're just going to kind of touch on a little bit of points, Bishop. But what would you say, Bishop, that you found yourself? before your own personal experience, either with going into a church or your own personal relationship with Christ, where would you say you, you found yourself during those times in your life? Well, brother, uh, first of all, I'm 57 years old. And I say that to say this, is that I was converted at the early age of 18 years of age. Um, my life was impacted. Uh, well, I have to say that prior to that, like most people, I was lost. Mm. Um, I had a solid foundation as far as parents are concerned. My father was a, uh, he uh, migrated. He was an immigrant, right? He came from Mexico to the way of Texas. Um, uh, we were all born and raised here. So he was a farm worker, worked really hard. And I found myself disconnected as a young man uh, from any relationship that I could even remember from my father uh, or my mother for that sake for that matter we we're a family of five um, I soon became what they call the proverbial black sheep of the family mm. and I really got lost emotionally there was a little boy inside of me that was crying out um, and so I just got caught up in the system by the time that I encountered this experience with Jesus. Well, it came about through my mother's healing under Pastor Ruben Correa's ministry in Tempe, Arizona. Mm. My mother uh, was invited to a church and uh, she had a, a intestinal problem 
where she could not retain uh, her food. Mm-hmm. And she would uh, vomit shortly after she would eat. So she would never sit at the table to eat with us. That became the first sign to me that there was a God. I can't tell you I was looking for him, but he came to me mm-hmm. through the way of my mother's miracle. I suppose that was the first time I paid attention uh, to that there's a possibility that there's hope for me. Mm-hmm. When I was 18 years old, I already had a crime such aggravated assaults, burglary charges, DUIs. I mean, I was really caught up in the system, mm-hmm. uh, walking a, a, a fine, thin line. My father didn't know God, but he used to always say, you know, uh, only God can change this young man. Mm-hmm or he'll end up in prison, or will end up dead. Well, thank God that God touched my life through my mother's miracle. That caused me to have interest and perhaps to begin to talk to him and say, if there is a God, uh, please reveal yourself to me. I will say this, that I, just kind of moving forward, God already dealt with my mother, my father, my sister, my brother-in-law. And because I didn't have no respect for myself or anything, I didn't know God. Mm-hmm. Um, my life was a life of drugs and just being loaded. So I decided to go to church. And guess what? I went loaded. Oh. <laughs> and, stuff. And, um, and like many testimonies, you, I found my, uh, that people talk about how the experience that you have when you go into an apostolic church like this. And um, as a the speaker was preaching as if he was talking to me. Mm. I remember feeling like the enemy wanted to crush my head. And I physically felt like something was crushing my head. I asked my father at the time, I said, I, I have to leave. And um, he said a few things to me and I walked out and I recall walking around the parking lot in the back of the church, pounding my head with my hand, as to trying to relieve the pain. And I remember if that was my first prayer, I think that was my real first prayer because I knew something was wrong with me. It's as if now I understand it, that the enemy didn't want me to be in there. Mm. And I begin to talk to God. I says, God, if there's a God, please help me and, and deliver me. I might've used other words. I didn't know how to pray. But for the first time, I immediately felt a release of that pain that I was feeling. Mm. I don't recall if I went back inside the church, but it impacted my life. My conversion was 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 um, quick uh, in the sense that I remember when it came to my baptism, I told the Lord again, probably my third prayer, I, says, I said something like this. I said, you know, I'm going to fail you. I told him, I'm going to fail you. But I heard the preacher say that you would never leave me. Mm. And that you would never walk away from me. And I said, if you would hold me tight and never let me go, that's all I ask of you. That was in 1981. And today I stand here by the grace of God telling you that he is a faithful God. And he's an amazing God. Amen. And, you know, when, you know, he, 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 you can trust him mm-hmm. as I did. And so I thank God. I mean, there's a lot more to it, but I think that's the first thing that, pops out in my head uh, uh, where God really impacted my life. Mm. And I got baptized in Jesus' name shortly after that. I feel, was filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Wow, yes. Praise God. 
uh, you know, the depths that God can go and, and reach, uh, you know, reach for us and look for us is, is just amazing. And, and his yes. amazing grace for sure. So soon after your conversion, Bishop, um, you know, at 18 years of age, was there ever um, like a calling or, or was there ever an expectancy uh, to enter into ministry or to serve uh, to, to serve in that in a ministry capacity? Um, was that was that calling like right away for you or was it kind of something that built inside of you for, for a while? You know, that's a that's a good question. I remember, my brother, that the first thing that I, you know, obviously that I felt was hope. Um, that I had a new beginning, that I had, that there was something in me, a possibility, a potential, that though was, I felt I was rejected by so many and I rejected myself. I was so accepted by him mm-hmm. and he assured me of that. And I really got involved in ministry because it gave me a sense of belonging, like mm-hmm. value. Uh, I felt like I was pleasing the Lord and it was so satisfying. I was extremely passionate about the loss because my life, I lived a, a, such a traumatic life mm-hmm. that I felt there were so many people like me. Mm-hmm. And yes, I felt the calling of God. I really became involved in ministry at any and every capacity that I could in the local church, not knowing anything, but always going to God for answers. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I begin to feel that call. I have to say to you that Remember, I was converted at 18. Mm-hmm. I was married at 21. And um, to a beautiful lady that I'm still married to for 37 years. Praise God. She's given me three beautiful kids, six grandkids. Um, I started pastoring. I was set aside in the ministry at the age of 23. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I started pastoring at the age of 25 wow. in Superior, Arizona. Yeah. So my my it was a crash course. It was completely sold into it. So, yes, I felt the call of God, and and God gave me the grace to pursue the spirit of, of His excellence mm. in my life. Mm-hmm. Yes. Under the tutorship of Pastor Correa at the time, I've had other mentors in my life, and I've always felt that you need to have people who know how to pour into your life mm-hmm. uh, to obtain that success or that destiny that God has set in place in your life. Amen. Bishop, I, I think you said something so profound there and just in that statement of, you know, pursuing the excellence of God, especially in ministry, because when you allow that to happen, uh, God is going to place, you You know, you're at 25, you know, being set in the pastorship, you know, and that's all in pursuit of, you know, the excellence of God for sure. Um, what would you say to a young man that's, you know, trying to pursue ministry or, um, you know, they're kind of find their place in ministry? Well, you know, I believe that, you know, you don't, God, how do I answer that? It begins with the relationship with God. There has to be a relationship with God where you become so in tune and familiar with his voice Mm. um, to get direction. He is, he is your shepherd. Uh, Get under a ministry that knows how to equip you and empower you. Mm to give you the tools uh, because you're going to need it. Mm-hmm. I've always surrounded myself around men who were more successful 
that I was. I have always looked at people who've, who were able to, they were accomplished in ministry, mm-hmm. not just the delivery of the word. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see how their life was decorated in terms of their accomplishments, their churches, and how they impact their society. Mm-hmm. This is what God placed in me, the spirit of excellence. And I felt that if I would um, ask the Lord to connect me mm-hmm. to men like this, who had apostolic rank, for example, authority, um, command over the spirit and, mm-hmm. you know, that type, then uh, I was hungry and pr- I was always pursuing that. The thing I want to tell you is that there has to be a level of consecration in your life, mm-hmm. not for the desire of authority or power or more anointing, though mm-hmm. that comes with it, but at a mere desire to please him mm-hmm. uh, and just out of gratitude. And so he knows how to make the crooked path straight in your life whatever it is concerning you. He does not need a scholar. He makes scholars. Mm. He does not need you to, my education, again, if you knew completely my story, again, you would be at on. You would be amazed at what God has done for me now. Mm. And I'm saying that to say this is because before you disqualify yourself, mm. that I can't, who am I? Mm. Um, look at Saul, even though, King Saul, I understand his demise and he desecrated the things of God. But before he was called, the Bible says that he hit him on the bags. In other words, he was shy, reluctant, but little did he know there was a tall warrior in him. And you have to ask God to help you like David. Your calling can be at a tender age, at the age of 15, like David. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you go through the process of elevations through your consecration, your mm-hmm. commitment to the Word of God. Uh, you'll always model after certain preachers, and you'll say, well, I want to preach like him. Just remember this, God called you. Mm-hmm. Find yourself in him and allow God to develop you. Um, though you model people, you admire people, mm-hmm. but you can't be someone else. You have to find yourself in mm-hmm. ministry and, and, and just be a pursuer of God. Yes. Um Amen. Through fasting, prayer, consecration, and and, and proper teaching mm. and development. Good. Yes. Oh, what what wise words, Bishop. Thank you. Um, so being called into the pastorship at 25, starting your ministry, uh, you know, married, um, starting a family there, Bishop, was there ever a time that you felt, you know, maybe a doubt? or a distance from God in your service of ministry during that time, Bishop? You know, I thought about that question. Um, and, and I don't want to sound like, oh, my God, you know, everything is perfect or sure. <laughs> like a Pharisee. I, I never doubted God in my life. Mm. And I don't ever think I remember doubting my ministry mm. as it were that I doubted myself. But, and um, in terms of, just obtaining and reaching these lofty goals that God had placed in my life, uh, perhaps because of the lack of education, the proper tools in my hand, understanding the various gifts and operations. But I realized now that it comes through time. Um, it's, it was more doubting myself. And I think that's attributed to because going back to my childhood, I didn't have the proper affirmations, you know, in the Hispanic culture, maybe that's not true for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, They used to tell you, well, if you have food in your, 
on the table and clothes on your back. That's my expression of love to you. But mm. um, and our parents, my father didn't know how to affirm me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were, I was so disconnected there. And, and, I, and I attributed that to, to that. But God had to heal me from all those things. Mm. But I never doubted my salvation. I never really doubted my call. I doubted myself, mm-hmm. but that's why I go to the cross daily to mm-hmm. this day. Yes, sir. Amen. And, you know, Bishop, uh, kind of on, on the same path of ministry, um, you know, this, this whole COVID-19 virus, you know, it's just, it's, it's here, you know, it's a reality for right now in a sense. And how, how has that touched or affected your your personal life, Bishop, or your church life at this time with, with ministry? This deserves a little bit of a, perhaps a little lengthier answer, but I think it's, it's very important because mm-hmm. we're in it right now. Yeah. I believe that we have to have a better or a deeper understanding of the fivefold ministry or having a prophetic perspective of how to handle things and deal with things that are coming storms in the heart in the horizon such as the or currently such as the COVID-19 mm-hmm. it's Ephesians 4:11. we must be like the sons of Issachar that know the signs of the times in Nehemiah would he built the walls living out Ezra's prophetic declaration and Daniel living up to Jeremiah's prophecy in Esther for such a time as this. And I'm saying all that to say this is because what the way we handled the COVID was God immediately began to speak to me about the COVID-19. But we already do know that the corona is means um, you know, it means crown. And God spoke to me and he says, Son, I took the crown of thorns, which is curse, to give you a crown of victory. Mm. Um, and so I begin to mobilize those thoughts in the way of series and helping people develop in their area of their faith towards God, because everyone's faith was challenged. This Corona, this Mm COVID-19 to this day has a voice to it. And it it has fear is a voice. Um, It's I'm going to kill you. You're going to die because we've known so many people have been affected. Mm -hmm. And so what I did also is God began to speak to me and he took me to Isaiah chapter one. And if you take the time to read Isaiah chapter one, the Lord deals harshly with Judah and he's very explicit as to why. And then he told me to go to Isaiah six, where the angel of God took from the coals of the altars of the fire of God and approached the prophet Isaiah and he said, holy, holy. And he touched his lips. And the Lord, and I needed understanding. I said, Father, help me. I don't understand. And he said, he said, ask me and pray and declare that I will dispatch my angels. And I will, they will take the holiness of my, the fire that comes from my presence and touch everything that is impure and cleanse you. Um, I did. And because I believe in demonstration, the Lord began to reveal to me and I began to pray for people and give them specific instructions that God was dealing with idols. It was very hard dealing with Christians, Pentecostal apostolics, because we don't think of ourselves as idolaters. Mm. Well, if you worship at fear, it's it. Anytime you worship something other than God, it's a deity. 
Hmm. Anything that has to do with deity, it has everything to do about salvation. And God is a jealous God. Hmm. And so God, and I begin to declare these things and people begin to be released from the COVID-19 and their sicknesses. Um, the way we dealt with, and so I began to convey these teachings prophetically and declare to the church. We did what we could in compliance with the CDC requirements in the church. Mm-hmm. We mobilized. We already had a presence in the ministry as far as the social media. We have an amazing team. I have 85 leaders in my church that run my church. Mm-hmm. And uh, my team, my social media team, is a, they're amazing. And so we did that. We did our best to shut down. Uh, brother, I had people coming from other churches, other affiliations, begging me to let them inside the church and saying, please wow. don't close the church down. My pastor's afraid. I've been taught this and I've been taught that. I was so hard pressed. And so we never really shut down is my point, mm. but we begin to make adjustments uh, according to the CDC requirements, we had a one service at 1130. We're already pretty much pretty much four or 500 people there already. And, um, and plus the Spanish. So we did, we, we decided to separate that service and open up at 10 o'clock. Well, now I can't even go back to the 1130 because the 10 o'clock is another congregation. The 1130 is another congregation. Wow. And the two o'clock is another congregation. And I'm not exaggerating when I tell you that we're baptizing people. Since then, we've been baptized, baptizing people almost every Sunday and Wednesday, Praise nonstop. God. The work is so immense hmm. that is, it's ridiculous. I just believe that we are in a time through the COVID-19 that God is speaking to the nations. He's speaking to the church and God is dealing with every form of idolatry, even in the hearts of God's people. Because if you think about it, people are afraid. Mm-hmm. And if the question is, if I'm too long in this answer, let me know. But if you ask me, has it affected your church? It did. Mm. I got sick. I got sick. I got challenged. Other people got sick. Mm. But what I just told you previously earlier, I begin to declare to these things and God pulled them out of the hospitals. They begin to come out. And in, but part of not only just their healing, but the transformation that took place in their spiritual being was amazing. Mm. The church now has become different because there's this, I always have, you know how the Bible says though, we walk through the valley of the shadow of fear of death and we shall fear no evil. There are some valleys you walk through such as the COVID-19 that you walk through that it's, that there are things in your life, emotions, fears, anxieties, uncertainties, hopelessness, those things need to die. Mm. So that when you come out, you can't kill a dead man twice. Mm. <laughs> those things will never move you again. Yeah. And so there's so much to that. So our church has grown. It's um, I, I I you know, we're looking on buying a campus. We're just waiting on the Lord. Wow. And um um and, and by any means this is an exaggeration. That's just really where it's at because every church, every person has to have a prophetic apostolic prophetic tone perspective in ministry at all levels. Mm. And that again, even leads you into a whole different series of teachings. Mm. Mm -hmm. Oh, praise God, Bishop. Like you were mentioning, uh, my pastor preached one time, it's hard to offend a dead man. 
So die to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. die to yourself. Uh, so Bishop, you kind of touched a little bit about, you know, some upcoming things uh, like buying, a, purchasing a campus, but your outlook for 2020 and, and 2021, uh, Lord willing, uh, for your ministry, it, where, where do you find uh, yourself at this time, Pastor or Bishop? You know, right now, politically, we have been involved and invited. I have some people who are politicians involved uh, with uh, senators in the district, and and we've been involved. In fact, I just came from another uh, setting uh, by invite only uh, with uh, Vice President uh, Pence and mm. and Donald Trump and stuff and. And the reason I'm bringing that up is because God is opening the door in this regard. Is, is in my promotion, I'm promoting not so much a, a person's position and vote, mm -hmm. but I believe what I'm trying to say to you is that the church has to have presence mm -hmm. in the political arena somewhere. We don't have ambassadors there. And the Bible says when the righteous rule, the people rejoice. Mm -hmm. And like Esther, I believe that God for us is giving us a platform to become visible. And where now we're beginning to lay hands. In fact, I have another engagement on the 25th where we will have the privilege and honor to lay hands on some senators. Mm. Um, that's what I mean. And so mm. my perspective on as far as redeeming myself is God is shifting us there. Um, also, and, and I believe that we have to lead there because I believe that the church of the body of Christ is really not present. We're not present in the booths. We're not present in terms of being knowledgeable of what's going on today or much less in political arenas. But when I read the text, the Bible, there are many characters in the Bible that made a difference um, in the systems that they represent at the time, mm -hmm. uh, thus representing the kingdom of God. Uh, what's going on also for us, and this will be broadcasted abroad through social media, is that Redeemer Apostolic will shortly, if not already, it's in the works, we will be international mm. uh, where our affiliation with 800 pastors, um, we will in, in another country abroad where this is where the church is going. I believe that between now to answer, to complete your question, I think that between now into the blowing of the, of the trumpets and what's going on today mm -hmm. and everything's going on that the church the body of Christ, Redeemer, yourself, everyone. It is a time of repentance. It is a time to uh, wait on the Lord, seek the Lord. I, I don't think the storm is over yet. Mm -hmm. It's going to intensify. But I do believe that when this thing breaks, those that stand will do exploits like never before. Mm. It, it's like dividends with God. And he's going to reward his people, and thus unleashed a prophetic declaration throughout the region where people will rise up and there'll be such a growth in the ministry like never before because God is calling people to repentance mm -hmm. through the results of these storms that are occurring over the land. Yeah. Yeah. In Jesus' name, Bishop. Oh, so just profound words, and I, and I appreciate it, Bishop. Thank you. Um, uh, Bishop, uh, like we were touching on earlier, you mentioned, um, you, uh, I ca commented on, uh, you know, your years of, of ministry and, and you got uh, baptized at the age of 18. 
uh, and I know you probably had a lot of people in and out of your um, uh, of your life uh, or your Christian walk, you know, mentors and 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 people of ministry. But um, if you could think one, if you could thank God for one person in your faith journey, uh, who would it be and why, Bishop? Oh, that's easy. That's <laughs> easy. The, this, uh, uh, she is a general in the spirit, and that is my wife. Praise God. That is my wife. The woman is an amazing, intelligent, spiritual woman. Um, again, when you hear her speak, you will see why. You will hear why. Uh, the respect and the honor that Redeemer gives her. She is a spiritual mother. Hmm. Um, she is my best friend. She is the person that um, is me, and I'm in her. Um, and I guess she would have to be first. The second one would be my kids. Hmm. Um, I love my kids very much, uh, but there are many other spiritual mentors that I have in my sure. life that I can mention that all have a key part. But my wife would be number one. Even if everyone gets jealous, she's number one. She's number one. She's an amazing woman. Oh, praise God, Bishop. I liked how you opened up that answer. That's easy, my wife. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's not to keep peace in the home. Sure. That is, you, know, you know how the joke goes, right? A happy, a happy wife. A happy happy, yeah. No, no, that is, that is really sincere. Sure. For 37 years, absolutely. Oh, yes, sir. I... Uh, I can start gushing about my wife also. It's just amazing when you find that life partner, your your mate, you know, in Christ, and and your, it's just, it, oh, it's just awesome, yeah. Bishop. For sure. Yeah, she she knows you. There's no faking it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's no facade. She she tells you like it is. Yes. She loves you like she is. Absolutely, so much. Thank God for her. Yeah, I I, I can tell people. You know, my wife's my biggest fan, but she's also my biggest critic because she sees the. Oh gosh, I'm telling you, yes. there's no mercy in this home, brother. We sit around the we sit around the table, and and you know if you're looking for accolades, forget it. But that's because uh, I, I uh, the Lord has given us a, a grace to raise up leaders. Yes, yeah. Put a bunch of generals in the house. Yeah, it's over. Yeah, no, that's great, Bishop. Um, Bishop, kind of winding down here. Um, you know, speaking from your own experience, um, you know, in your walk with Christ, if if you could encourage someone with all your knowledge of what you know um, uh, in that respect, if you could encourage someone today that is listening, if they should continue or start their own relationship with Christ, and I'm kind of putting both on the same path or both, but but what would you say to them, Bishop? What would you say to someone that's listening today about either continuing or starting a relationship? You know, the fact that this is a new journey, it's a new life, with Christ. It's an amazing walk with God. Will there be trials and tribulations? Mm. Absolutely. In this world, we'll have them. Uh, But the difference is with God, you know, um, you go to him. He is your God. Yes. He is your best friend. He is a father to the fatherless. And and you become so acquainted with him in relationship um, in terms of intimacy, then then he'll teach you how to fight for a good cause. Mm. Um, and, And he's there. He's just a God that's faithful. I would encourage you that if you don't go to a church, that you pray and ask the Lord that you go to a right church mm-hmm. where you are taught, uh, equipped. And there are many churches, mm-hmm. many churches in there. Ask the Lord in your region, be blessed. It's important that you connect yourself by people who will mentor you. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And you know what? You're going to fail trying. You're going to fail at times. But the Bible says that a just man falls seven times and he gets up. Mm. Um, I, I believe that. I don't I don't believe that uh, some might teach that God is so readily just to send you to hell. No, no, no. If we read the scripture, the text correctly, it is his will that none should perish. Mm-hmm. And he's in a he's a patient God. He's in a he's a merciful God. And he loves you so much. And no matter where you find yourself, let God be your beginning. Mm-hmm. Let your let him be your beginning. You know, the Bible says this that his thoughts towards us is to do us good and not evil. Mm. God's intentions are always good. Mm. And a lot of times we condemn ourselves. Like I told you earlier, I was hard on myself. But the Bible says that we are we are complete in him. So just trust the Lord. Love his word. Learn to, I want to give you three principles and I'll leave you with this. Mm. Learn to declare things in your life. Learn to declare yourself righteous as sons of God, number two, claim your promises. There are many promises. Number three, learn to worship. And what I mean by that is entertain his presence mm-hmm. through worship. Amen. And God will see you through. Amen. Amen. Good word, Bishop. Good word. Uh, uh, and the last thing I wanted to um, just go over, Bishop, with you is, how can you share with us... Um, how if someone's listening and they're kind of in your area or or even just looking through social media, how can they find, you know, your church or how can they connect with you uh, and your services and your ministry there? Go to RedeemerMinistries.com live. We're on YouTube and uh, Roku. We're there live every Wednesday at 7 o'clock, um, Thursday for the Spanish at 7, in the weekend services at uh, 10 o'clock, a.m. and that's English and then 1130 um, which is English again on Sunday and then at two o'clock you uh, again look us up uh, um, amen there's um, a lot of information there that you can discover uh, as to what we all represent and what we have to offer mm-hmm. and um, yeah stop in be our guest in Jesus name you'll be blessed I, I have a saying that says the church alive is worth a drive yeah <laughs> yes, I have my own website, bishopsantos.com. I have some um, information, sermons that I placed on there as well for your use if you like. Um, we will be, I have a publisher now that we will be publishing our books. We'll be making those things available as well. Praise God. And they can find that on your bishopsantos.com website, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. Oh, that's awesome, Bishop. That's great. Yes. All right. Yes. Well, Bishop, again, I just I just really want to appreciate your time, sir, and, and thank you for sharing um, your wisdom today and, and, and awesome words. And um, I, I just want to appreciate you. Thank you so much, Bishop, for your time. Thank you. It's my honor, my brother. Uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm the one that's grateful. I pray that God will continue to expand and grow your ministry as well. God bless and Jesus, you and all your listeners. Amen. God bless you, Bishop. Thank you. As we conclude our podcast for today, I would like to thank you, the listener, for listening in. And I pray that there has been a seed of faith planted in your heart and in your mind, that this seed will grow and produce fruit in your life. If you would like to hear previous podcasts or learn more about it, you can go to our podcast SoundCloud page at www.soundcloud.com forward slash podcast. 
And there you will find links to all our social media platforms. And also, if you're interested in supporting the podcast by giving, there will be links available there to direct you to our Patreon page, where you can become a sponsoring member or to be a one-time giver to our PayPal page. If you would like to reach out to us, please email us at ihabpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, Lord willing, God bless.